My name is Lieutenant Max Phillips, but my team knows me as Phantom. I lead a squad of Navy SEALs, trained to handle the most dangerous and volatile situations. We thought we'd seen it all. We were wrong. The call came in the middle of the night. An unknown terrorist group had seized control of a classified genetic laboratory. Their objective? Creating monstrous super soldiers with the stolen genetic tech. Our mission was to neutralize the threat and regain control of the lab. The insertion was smooth. We hit the perimeter hard and fast, gaining entry into the facility. But the interior was a nightmare. The once sterile lab was a macabre mix of high-tech equipment and monstrous creations. The super soldiers were nothing short of grotesques. A hideous blend of man and beast, each one stronger and more terrifying than the last. But we were SEALs. We adapted. We fought. As we pressed deeper into the facility, we began to uncover the horrifying truth behind the terrorist group's identity. Stashed documents, heavily encrypted files, and familiar insignias led us to an unthinkable conclusion. The group was not just any terrorists. They were a rogue unit of our own government, operating in the shadows, using American resources to create these abominations. The realization was a sucker punch, a bitter betrayal that fueled our resolve. We were fighting our own, and we had to stop them. The deeper we moved into the facility, the fiercer the resistance. Every corner held a new monstrosity, every hallway a gauntlet. But we pressed on using every bit of our training and resolve to push through. We were fighting not just for ourselves, but for our country, for the world that these monsters threatened. In the heart of the lab, we found their command center, a hub of computers and machinery, and the rogue unit's leader, a face I knew, a face we all knew. He was our former commanding officer, a man we'd once trusted. His transformation into the enemy was the final, sharp sting of betrayal. The battle that ensued was a blur of gunfire, roars, and primal rage. But we prevailed, taking down the rogue unit and their monstrous creations. The aftermath was a haze. The lab was secured, the rogue unit neutralized. We had won, but the victory was bitter. We had been betrayed by our own, forced to fight against what we'd sworn to protect. As we were extracted, the facility going up in flames behind us, I looked at my team. We were bruised, battered, but unbroken. We had faced our fears, uncovered a horrifying truth, and emerged victorious. The rogue unit's monstrous creations were no more, but the scars of their existence would remain with us forever. But we were SEALs. We would heal. We would learn. And we would be ready for whatever came next. It was late at night, and my husband and I fell asleep, watching TV in the living room. We always slept with the windows open at night for the fresh air, and this being a particularly warm night, we did just that. We never worried about prowlers since the neighbors had dogs and went off like alarms anytime something uncommon happened. We'd been there for about three weeks and noticed that the cows in the nearby backyard, field, were always acting nuts at night. They would quite often for no apparent reason start making noises like they were very frightened. I've grown up around farms and know that cows don't act this way for no reason. Found it a little unnerving when I found out from neighbors that cougars sometimes frequented the area too. So, needless to say, I kind of thought maybe the cougars were making the cows crazy, taunting them. Well, when I woke up around 2.30am, I didn't really know what woke me, 
That's when I heard the most thunderous roar freem, brunting like holler or whatever people wanted to call it. It was a deep, throaty, and loud. It was so loud I could have sworn it was in the house. I tried to wake my husband while I stared intently at the window, thinking, maybe I would catch a glimpse of it, not really wanting to though. It continued screaming in short angry bursts a couple more times. I say angry because it sounded so mean, like ferocious. I also heard another less intense but painful sounding shriek in the midst of its deafening roar. I was so terrified it was if time stood still. You know that adrenaline rush you get when something freaky happens. Almost like it can't possibly be true. The thing I've never been able to forget is the scream and I've yet to be able to explain the way it sounded. I don't believe it could be mimicked by any other man or animal. It was as unique as it was terrifying. All of our cats disappeared. We had three cats. I always saw our neighbor's cats though and they were outside cats. It just struck me as odd. We gave up on having pets after two months. Sometimes at night we would hear load thumps outside our bedroom wall. A few times my husband actually went for his rifle because he thought someone was outside in his shop. We finally moved to a place in the city, far from wooded areas. At least I can go when I want to, and the things don't come to me. I was solo hiking in familiar territory in a state park in northern Illinois. Went to check my phone for a map, cause I got turned around and realized it had died. So at this point I'm a little worried but not really because the sun wasn't setting for another 3-4 hours. Decided to take liberty to explore, and came across a tight path leading into what I thought was a clearing. The clearing consisted of waist-high grass, with trees scattered around. Every branch about 10-15 feet up the trees was broken off, and very neatly constructed into an arch about 8 feet high. I could stand under it and reach my arms up and couldn't touch it. Right next to it was a hut, I could stand in that too no problem, no signs of encampment or old fires, no trash, and no other paths leading out of the clearing, outside of the one I came from. The whole vibe was very eerie, wish I had taken pictures or marked the location, but my phone was dead. Went back the next day to see if I could retrace my steps and couldn't find it. Haven't been able to make my way back there since. My family and I went camping in Alaska last year. It was very remote, and we were the only people we knew of in this area camping. When we woke up in the morning, my phone was at the entrance of the tent, which immediately creeped me out, because I had placed it inside my bag in the tent. I decided that I must have gotten it out during the night and forgot. Later that day, I get into my photos to send some pics of my kids to my parents. As I am clicking on pics to send, I become sick to my stomach. There is a picture of my family sleeping including me taken with my phone. I showed my husband, and we made the choice to leave instead of stay another night. Late to the party, I know and not see air or wilderness. But nine months or so ago, I was exploring this 100 plus year old mostly abandoned sewer system. It connects to old privies and I was looking for old bottles and crap. I have strange hobbies whatever, get over it. So I noticed this wire coming out of a borehole, followed it for a few blocks and found an old school rotary phone sitting on the floor. Picked it up and it had a dial tone. No idea who put it there, why they did, how long it had been there, or where it was plugged in at the surface. 
I was very tempted to call myself to get the phone number, but since I was trespassing, I got paranoid and decided it was probably a bad idea. The tunnel where the phone was sitting was entirely abandoned. Bone dry and dead ended in collapse, probably about 40-50 feet below the surface. Still quite confused about it. A friend was there a few weeks ago and said he found it too. Still had a dial tone. No clue what UTF is up with that phone. My family owns a small area of land out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri. This is not a commercial campground either. The nearest person is miles away. I haven't been back to this area in six years since my grandfather owned it and he has since passed away. We were planning a trip to the campground and it takes about three hours to get from where I lived at the time to the site, going from highways eventually down isolated back roads. I rode down there with my grandfather, just me and him, in his truck. My parents and sister planned to arrive the next day. When we arrived it was in the late evening, so we didn't have much time to get everything unpacked before dark. So my grandfather just set up a tent and had us sleep in it until dawn. On the property is a small semi-rundown RV trailer and the remains of an abandoned old hunting cabin with half the roof caved in. This day I have no idea where this cabin came from or who used it or why it was destroyed. From where our tent was, I could see right inside that cabin. I could not fall asleep in the tent. It was fully zipped, but the small screen window was left open to allow cool air to drift inside. As I stared out into the dark, I could see a pair of glowing yellowish blue eyes like cat or deer eyes coming from inside the cabin. As a young kid, I had no idea animal eyes did this and informed my grandfather, who told me it was an animal and to go back to sleep. But every time I tried to sleep, I would wake up and see those eyes staring at the tent, and I had woken up multiple times between the hours of 10 at night and 3 a.m. to still see those eyes staring. Somehow, I eventually passed out. And when I woke up the next morning, I looked inside the cabin to see if any metal object could be glinting and cause the illusion. There were no metal objects inside. Why would an object gleam at night? And if it were an animal, why didn't it leave and walk away? Surely an animal would have left between those hours. After my grandfather passed, I never went back to that campsite. According to my father, it's because he doesn't want to go there anymore. I was around 12 or 13 and in middle school at the time. Waiting around at the bus stop, the sun was rising. I was mindlessly looking around when I caught a glimpse of something quite large in a tall tree. It looked heavy set and I could make out wings. I saw it move a little and I freaked out, set out to run, and then I saw the bus. I turned around and the creature was gone. I figured I had totally imagined the whole thing. I was very tired. It was early whatever. Fast forward a few weeks and it's about 9pm and dark outside. I'm in my room watching TV when all of a sudden I hear banging on my window and yelling. I look out my window to see my best friend. I open the window and like a crazy person climbs through telling me to close the window. Turns out he claimed to have saw something in the park, huge with wings, and it was chasing him from the park. The park was a short walk from my house, less than 10 minutes. This is the last time I hear about the creature until my sister called me a month or so ago and was asking me about the creature I saw. I told her it was years ago. I don't remember a whole hell of a lot about it and I figured I hallucinated it or just plain made it up. 
She starts telling me about a story her husband was telling her about a flying creature that chased him and his friends at that same park in the middle of the night. What he recounted seemed pretty accurate to my experience. To the best of my knowledge, the creature reminded me of a gargoyle. I can try to recount more or get more info from my brother-in-law, if there's any interest. In 2002, just two weeks before Christmas, I decided to go coyote hunting by myself. I was having trouble sleeping. No one knew I had left, as it's around 11.30pm. No cell phones of any kind. Bad idea. I started my trek as always, down a well-used trail, until I reached a steep section covered with multiflora rose bushes. However, I had previously cut a path, and it wasn't hard to navigate, even in the snow that had been falling. I continued down the hill until reaching the large ravine that sets not too far behind my house. Then moving to my left, I went about another hundred yards or so to where the terrain planes out and you can cross a shallow stream. I crossed the stream and proceeded to walk up the long snow-covered hillside trail. After reaching the top, I went into action setting up all of my gear and finding a spot with a good backrest and nice firing lanes. My back rested against a large pile of crushed slate. My was shotgun leveled across my knees. I quietly sat there getting colder and colder as more snow covered by the minute. After 45 minutes to an hour I decided to quit and pack everything up. This is when things got scary. I grabbed my red filtered 1mm candle power field spotlight. When I turned it on, I saw it's around 10 feet away, nose to the ground in my direction on all fours. The light coming on didn't even startle or phase the creature. It's like it knew right where I was, and knew the light would be on it at any second. It then took a step toward me and lifted up onto two legs. It didn't creak or crack when standing up. The only noise that I could note was a low, deep-sounding pops in the rib-slash-sternum area. It stretched out and puffed its chest as if it wasn't big enough. I would have to say that I was at least seven, eight feet tall, with five-finger hands, with two-inch claws. This dogman-slash-cryptid canine never did open its mouth, so I can't comment on teeth. It took a step toward me as I had my shotgun already leveled. I fired a shot that hit it in the right mid-upper portion of its ribs. Mind you, that hitting something this close with a .12 gauge, shotgun usually causes a major hole and nothing could walk away from it. I was using two shot and the wad would have barely opened by the time it hit the creature. The shot let loose a mist of blood in the red-tinged light of the spotting lamp. It let out a loud yelp, then tucked its ears and ran to my right. It made it out of the light circle in two strides. I fired two more times at it, but it was much too quick and I missed. I got up and started walking in the direction it ran, forgetting momentarily to reload my shotgun. I walked for about 10 feet and found a large pool of blood, then walked a few more feet and found less blood. This process repeated until I was around 30 feet from where I initially started, and there's no blood to be, just footprints. It's as if this thing could quickly regenerate or something to heal itself of such a massive wound. I stopped and realized how stupid I was for going after this thing, after it just got wounded. I didn't know if there may have been more of these creatures in the area, or if they hunted in packs. I just thought I had encountered a real-life werewolf. I then trudged home in the night with a surely wounded god knows what potentially circling me the whole way as I go. I took my time getting back, 
it took me two hours to walk what normally took 20-30 minutes. I made it back home, went to bed and never spoke of that night again until 2019. I hardly hunt anymore due to health problems, but even if I was healthy, going back out there, you would always be looking over your shoulder. However, I am working on getting a group of professional cryptid researchers to come take a look. I believe it was 2005. I was driving around at approximately 12.30 a.m. with three of my friends in my car. We stopped so my friend and I could relieve ourselves off of Canandaigua, rode down a dirt driveway. I knew the driveway was there having seen it during the daytime. It was just a place where the town of Farmington, New York, Ontario County, would dump old asphalt. I was on the driver's side of the car, my friend on the passenger side, and both of us looking in opposite directions. I saw something on the top of a small hill, maybe 50 feet in front of me. I thought it was a tree initially, but it turned and started moving from my left to my right. It was very tall, at least 8 feet, maybe 10 feet, extremely long arms that stretched down to their knees, was gray or white in color, and had somewhat of a small head. The words that came to me were WTF is that. But before I could utter those words, my friend said, WTF is that. I turned to get back into the car which I left running, but with headlights off and I saw another one in the direction he was facing. It was absolutely terrifying, and if I had a gun with me, I wouldn't have done anything. But what I did was drive away as fast as possible. The other people in my car caught a glimpse of these creatures, but not as well as my friend Rob and I. Initially, I could only assume they were aliens. They did not look like a monkey or Bigfoot or anything like that. They had no fur or hair, and were skinny, and just very scary looking. I assumed they were very dangerous, and of all the time I've spent outdoors, in the woods, and in rural or mountainous areas, I've never seen anything like those things. After that, I hadn't seen Rob in several years as we lost contact with each other. I ran into him at a gas station about eight years later, and the first thing he said to me was, Hey, do you remember when we saw those things out in the middle of nowhere? The memory to him was just the same as mine, and upon seeing me that was the first thing that popped into his mind and mine as well. Recently, speaking to a friend of mine who has a lot of interest in supernatural and paranormal things, I told her the story and she suggested that they were skinwalkers. She found some pictures that were animated of what they might look like. I definitely think that is what we had seen out there that night. I would absolutely love some insight into what these things are and why they may have been there. It does terrify me to think they had some kind of ominous purpose or could have been dangerous, but I'd still love to know. Thanks for taking the time to get back to me and read this. I will attach the picture my friend Bailey sent me which is a very good depiction of what I saw. Also, I will send the exact location of where this encounter occurred. Thank you very much. My girlfriend and I were staying in a pop-up camper as campground hosts at Cascadia State Park in Cascadia, Oregon, about 13 miles east of Sweet Home, Oregon during the summer of 2003. I had played some Bigfoot recordings approximately 20 minutes before getting into bed. Shortly after laying down, sounds started coming from the woods directly behind the camper. It sounded like a buck snorting, but much louder. Limbs were being broken continuously. My girlfriend and I were scared, and I would not get up to go and see what was going on. 
the sounds subsided within about five minutes. One week later, I played the sounds again through my computer speakers, and the same experience happened. This time it sounded as though there was a landslide as well. The next morning, one of the campers told the ranger about hearing some strange noises and something that sounded like a landslide. My girlfriend and I never smelled anything out of the ordinary. We just heard loud snorting sounds and limbs or trees being broken. Whatever it was, it sounded mad. I promise that this took place back in the summer of 2003, and I am not saying for sure it was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. I honestly do not know what it was, but I do know that I was too scared to do any investigating at the time. My girlfriend and I went into the woods the following day, but we could not find any tracks. I grew up about 18 miles from Fuki, Arkansas, where a Bigfoot creature has been reportedly been seen. I am currently living in Atlanta, Texas, which is about 30 miles from Cotto Lake, where you recently filmed a Mysterious Encounters episode. I just wanted to share this information about what I experienced during the summer of 2003 with you. My name is Randy, and I have always had a knack for finding humor in life's most peculiar moments. As an occasional comic, I often find myself seeking adventure to gather inspiration for my jokes. Little did I know that one particular hunting trip would provide me with a chilling tale that no punchline could soften. Gathered with a group of experienced hunters, we embarked on a weekend expedition deep into the remote wilderness of Arizona. Excitement filled the air as we anticipated the thrill of the chase, unaware of the horrors that awaited us. As we ventured further into the dense forest, an eerie atmosphere settled around us. The usual symphony of wildlife sounds was replaced by an unsettling silence. It was as if nature held its breath, waiting for something unknown. Strange occurrences began to unfold before our eyes. Deer carcasses untouched and abandoned dotted the landscape. The sight sent shivers down our spines, filling us with a growing sense of unease. Yet we brushed off these signs as mere anomalies determined to press forward. As darkness fell upon the forest, our senses heightened and our survival instincts kicked into high gear. But it was not a wild animal that stalked us from the shadows. Instead, a creature akin to the legendary Sasquatch emerged, hunting us with terrifying precision. Its imposing presence and inhuman strength struck fear into our hearts. We fought back, desperately trying to evade this mysterious predator, but it seemed to anticipate our every move. It became apparent that our assailant was no ordinary animal, but a cunning and deranged hunter who had been tracking us all along. The shocking twist revealed that this hunter harbored a deep-seated grudge against me. Years ago, in an unfortunate accident, I unknowingly caused the death of his beloved dog, consumed by vengeance. He saw this hunting trip as an opportunity to exact his twisted revenge. A deadly game of cat and mouse unfolded within the depths of the wilderness. I had to confront not only the monstrous Sasquatch-like creature, but also the human embodiment of rage and obsession. Survival became not only a matter of eluding the unknown predator, but also facing the hunter's relentless pursuit. In a climactic showdown, fueled by adrenaline and a primal instinct for self-preservation, I managed to turn the tables on my pursuers. With a combination of wit, skill, and sheer determination, I eliminated the deranged hunter and finally brought down the terrifying Sasquatch-like creature. As the dust settled and silence reclaimed the forest, I stood alone, 
battered and bloodied, but victorious. The weight of the ordeal bore heavily upon my shoulders, a testament to the fragility of life and the darkness that can dwell within the human heart. In the aftermath, I reflected upon the old feud that had ignited this nightmare. The accidental loss of a beloved companion had spiraled into a cataclysmic chain of events, leaving a trail of destruction in its wake. I vowed to carry the weight of that remorse for the rest of my days, a constant reminder of the consequences of our actions. The remote wilderness of Arizona would forever hold the memory of our harrowing encounter, a tale of survival and redemption buried within its depths. And as an occasional comic, I would weave this story into my routines, using humor to find solace in the face of unimaginable terror. Around the 29th of December, 2022, I was traveling from Santa Barbara to a small town in the middle of Nevada, where I was going to stop and see if I could make it back to my house or if I should wait for the rest of the day. I would like to say there was four people in our car, including me. Three-fourths of us saw this lady. She had a pale face, nearly white. She had scraggly black or brown hair going down past her shoulders. She also appeared to be wearing causal clothes that were clean. But weirdest of all, she had no face. I and everyone else who saw her are 100% sure she had no face. I think this was about 6-7 in the morning. The sun wasn't out yet. There was then some weird events in which road signs made no sense and were slowly becoming more and more common to the point of seeing them every five feet and the fog closing in. This might be related, yet might not. As I don't remember the road, I couldn't tell you if those signs were actually in our reality or not. I am sorry there isn't much detail. I am sure I didn't fall asleep because I was very anxious and we were only a couple minutes from our Airbnb. I'm from upstate New York in the capital region. I was born here, but for the last few years, I moved to Colorado, just moved back in January. We've been seeing a lot of crazy S since we moved back. I don't know where else to post this, so I'm just going to comment it here and see if anyone knows WTF my husband saw. So we live in an apartment complex in the middle of town. There's wood scattered around, but it's a decently developed area, which is why it's weird. The buildings in the complex all surround this big field-like area, picnic tables. Trees. It's not a dense amount of trees, it's more like a park. This area is dark as fat night. Anyway, husband took our dog, Alal Shiba, out one night around midnight, maybe later. He's gone forever, but I don't think much of it because sometimes he just gets excited and goes running with her because our dog is cute to F when she runs around. Anyway, he comes back out of breath because, yeah, they were running, but after something. The way he described it was small, larger than a cat, but had cat-like ears, silhouette, and kind of fleshy looking with weird elbows that stuck out to the sides instead of inward like a hunched dog or cat would. When he initially saw it, the dog saw it first, and they chased after it, lost it in the dark, circled around the buildings until they came back to where they first saw it. Dog suddenly got scared and ran him the F back to our building. He hasn't seen it since, but it's stuck with him. Besides that he's seen some weird shadows around that same area at night. But he saw those in Colorado too, so I don't know if that's something weird that followed him. Because there's little definitelys that follows him. But this cryptid is weird sounding. Basically the way he describes it makes me think of a rake but tinier and not standing upright. 
This happened in northeastern Oklahoma, within the Cherokee Reservation, around 2008 in the beginning of fall. Myself and eight other of my friends I went to school with had all met up at a friend's house to hang out for the night around a campfire and listen to music, etc. We are all about 15 or 16 years old. My friend had a trail that went maybe over a quarter of a mile into the woods where it led to an open circle in the wooded area. There was a fire pit there with a single tree and another trail that led south from the opening where we would be hanging out for the night. We sat around doing this and that bullshitting into the night and may I remind you we are not partying. No booze, no smoke, no nothing, just nine of us out in the woods having a good time. It gets around 230 or three and things changed. We are all up having a good time and my friend John gets up and heads to the entrance of that south trail at the edge of the cutout to take a piss. I just happened to look up from the fire and turned to look at and up from him in the trail this gray figure stood in front of him about 20 yards away. I asked him quietly if he saw it and he looks up and comes back to the fire with the rest of us. My eyes are lock on this figure standing in the dark. This thing standing about seven feet tall gray with a static cloudy look to it. Its legs started about where the bottom of one's chest plate would be. Long lanky arms which lay down almost to where its knees would be with black hollow eyes with no mouth or nose. All nine of us are staring at this thing and no one can move. Some started to cry some kept their heads down but I kept my eyes right on it looking at this thing while it stood there looking right back at us. It moved horizontally to the right into the woods off the south trail, slowly moving around. It got to a part in the woods that during the day you could see was about a seven feet rock wall. When it approached that it hovered over this wall with no struggle at all, and then it slowly back off into the depths of the dark woods and faded away. We didn't leave that fire until the sun came up and we got out of there as fast as we could. We didn't talk about that night for years after that. We kept it to ourselves, and I only telling it to people who was close to me. Fifteen plus years later, I had asked some of the people who was there if they remembered what happened and what we witnessed and every one of them remember exactly what it looked like and exactly what it did. Nine of us saw something in those woods that night and it saw us as well. That's my story of a real encounter of something I cannot explain other than seeing it with my own eyes and having eight other people with me who saw the same thing. Who knows what it was? I've put this story on other subs, but this one seemed to, to have similar accounts. Thank you. My college took a bunch of us, youth mentors, on a camping trip without the kids for bonding and leadership skills before the kids camped with us the following week. To preface this is a college-sponsored event that was drug and alcohol free, and none of us were drinking or smoking weed. Our camp guide wanted to take us on a night hike without flashlights. The guide at the front was the only one using a flashlight while the rest of us holding hands had to rely on good communication from the person in front of you. Before the hike he was burning sage around us for protection and told us we might see unexplainable sights. My best friend and I looked at other like what smoke shack did he come from. As we were hiking. I noticed the moonlight looked very sparkly like little balls of light descending down on one part of the trail. At the time I didn't know what it was but looking back I think they were orbs. We walked some more then I felt something following us. I looked up at the top of a tree, in a shadow effortlessly hopping tree, to tree watching us from below on the trail. 
I nudged my friend and whispered to look up, and she gasped and held my hand tighter. After the hike, my friend and I talked about the shadow that followed us and how it kept a safe distance from us. Others said they saw the shadow too, and our guide said it was Native American warrior ghost protecting his area. 